climate change is taking a bite out of agriculture. That story and more on H2O Radio's Weekly News Report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Thanks to advances in technology, food production has increased over the last 60 years. But according to a new study, global farming productivity is 21% lower than it would have been without climate change. As The Guardian reports, even though farming has become more efficient, climate-driven events like heat waves are exhausting farm workers and withering crops. Also, extreme weather events and drought are reducing outputs. Ariel Ortiz-Bobea, the lead researcher, said it's the equivalent of pressing the pause button on productivity growth in 2013 and experiencing no improvement since then. The intensification of farming to produce more food to feed global population growth is fueling the problem through deforestation, topsoil loss, and the pumping of massive amounts of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, all of which perpetuate global warming. The research suggests that warmer areas like Africa, Latin America, and the Caribbean, some of the least food-secure regions in the world, are being hit the hardest. Ortiz Bobea says most people perceive climate change as a distant problem, but their research shows it's already eating away at the world's food supply. One way to mitigate the effects of global warming might be with seagrasses that grow in the ocean along the California coast. The meadows are vibrant ecosystems that sequester carbon when they photosynthesize. And according to new research, they can also help turn back the clock on acidification. Acidification happens when the CO2 from burning fossil fuels gets deposited in the ocean and changes the water's pH to be more acidic. That can make it harder for species like oysters, abalone, and crab to form their shells. In the past, rivers carried enough minerals from the land to keep ocean pH stable, an effect called buffering. But CO2 is dissolving in the ocean so quickly that natural buffering can't keep up. In some good news, a six-year study from the University of California, Davis, found that the seagrasses can buffer acidity by up to 30 percent, enough to resemble oceans in the pre-industrial 1700s. And buffering doesn't just happen in the daytime when the grasses are photosynthesizing. It continues at night and lasts weeks, especially in the spring when plants are highly productive. The authors say the findings show that conserving seagrass is vital to blunt the effects of climate change and protect vulnerable marine ecosystems. Algal blooms, those unsightly scum growths on ponds and lakes that occur all over the world, can be a health hazard, especially to wildlife, pets, and humans. And now for the first time, scientists have detected very fast death factor, a toxin that becomes airborne from algae blooms in water. Very fast death factor is also called ATX, and Dr. James Sutherland of the Nantucket Land Council and his colleagues suspected that it might get into the atmosphere under certain environmental conditions. They took samples of air and water near a pond on the island on a foggy day after a windy night. They found ATX in the air and believe it was likely blown from the surface of the water by strong winds and then protected by the fog. Sutherland said that ATX is one of the more dangerous toxins produced by algal blooms and at high doses can cause a loss of coordination, muscular twitching, and respiratory paralysis. It's unclear what effects exposure to the trace amounts of ATX they detected might have on humans and wildlife, but the researchers say the fact that they now know it's there is cause for concern.
African elephant populations have been in decline, but a new study says it's not for a lack of habitat. Researchers at Colorado State University have found that much of Africa, 62% or an area larger than Russia, is suitable habitat for elephants, but the animals live in less than a fifth of that because of humans. To determine where elephants could live, the scientists examined many factors like water and rainfall, vegetation and tree cover, as well as human activities. Poachers have been killing the creatures for their ivory going back to the days of ancient Rome. Poaching still remains a critical threat and has led to an immense reduction in areas where elephants live. Encroachment by people also plays a role, and elephants stay as far away from our activity and influence as possible. But the authors say if human factors were addressed, elephants would have great potential for recovery. And finally, rainforests. They're just like us. They're a lot more productive with a jolt of caffeine. In a new study, waste from coffee production was dumped on clear-cut land, and two years later, a small forest grew back. Researchers led by the University of Hawaii tested two areas in Costa Rica that had been deforested and were subsequently taken over by invasive grasses. On one plot, they spread 30 dump truck loads of coffee pulp, the skin and bits left over when beans are extracted. They left another plot of the same size untouched. Over time on the coffee-covered plot, the grasses decomposed in the pulp, creating fertile soil where seeds dispersed by birds, insects, or wind were able to germinate. Lead researcher Rebecca Cole said the results were dramatic. After only two years, 80% of the area covered with the coffee had a tree canopy, some as much as 15 feet tall. Comparatively, only 20% of the untreated land had trees. Cole called their findings a win-win because it gives coffee growers a sustainable way to dispose of their waste, which can be almost half of the harvest. But she warns there are some potential downsides, especially around water, because the nitrogen and phosphorus-rich pulp could cause algae growth if it ran into waterways. She also cautions that more study is needed, but hopes their work will create a buzz and get other researchers percolating on ways to put waste to good use. That's it for This Week in Water. We'll see you next time.